Blog Talk Radio. That one's a bit overused, don't you think? I'm listening to McAfee speak, Jesus Christ. Um, anyways, folks, I have an intro to do, so bear with me. away today at 79 years old. God rest your soul, Pat. You will be missed. I'm going to pause 10 seconds for station identification right here on Off the Rails Uncensored. There's a lot of controversy that was dredged up in the book that I was reading. Ladies and gentlemen, we promised you a great main event. There were some allegations that I'm not going to mention. There's some controversial events that occurred that I was not there for. So really, at this point, God rest your soul, Pat, you will be missed. Now, if you must know, I'm a stickler for numbers, and I always ask the question or beg the question to ask. It's like, or I ask the fucking question. Sorry, I cannot talk tonight. But ladies and germs, ladies and gentlemen, the question has remained. What is NXT not doing that AEW is doing? And why is it 638,000 viewers instead of 853 viewers are watching AEW? And to tell you the truth, those numbers are both depleted on both ends. And I, truthfully, I barely keep up with the main roster to an extent. I do watch some of the pay-per-views so that I can report to you lovelies what the hell is going on, but the question is, why is NXT's ratings dropping? They're way better than main roster. There's at least stories that continue. There's at least feuds that make sense. And uh, so what's AEW doing differently? Why are they getting better ratings? What is the main fucking reason? What are the reasons? What is the main fucking reason? I don't know. One of those is that when you... um, What it boils down to is... Can somebody paint a picture for a non-wrestling fan that hasn't barely begun to get into this lovely sport we call professional wrestling? I'll give you a hint. JR, Excalibur not so much, Taz, yes. But when you listen to the commentary broadcast team of AEW versus the broadcast colleagues at NXT, Wade Barrett, 
Uh, Beth Phoenix is getting better on emphasis, but Vic Joseph, dear fucking lord. Ooh! Like, are you watching a horror film or are you announcing pro wrestling, my friend? Dear lord, Pat McAfee's still blabbing. I'm currently watching NXT right now. There's a TV sitting in front of me on low volume. And I don't know what Pat McAfee's group calls themselves, the Kings of NXT. Let's see. Gangs of New York. Kings of New York. He's still blabbing. So, anyways, could it be that uh, NXT is turning a little bit into what main roster was or still is? And that's blab, blab, blab. And then 21 minutes into a promo, the action starts to commence. But I mean, that's why 638,000 viewers, according to multiple sources, including Sportsbook, CBS, SportsKeda, ESPN.com. Um, let's see here. So this is generated off of people who actually tune in to USA Network on this day and actually have the capability of watching. That's how ratings are generated now. Holy fuck, I thought it was how... When people tune in for like an hour and then they switch over to the channel because they didn't like it, but they at least tried it. There's a lot of questions though, like how the fuck do you not are you not ahead of AEW? Their stories are literally all over the fucking joint. They're like, well, the only consistency is with MJF and, and Y2J or sorry, La Champion. I like Chris Jericho. I don't have any discord with him. I never have. I think he's a great dude. But if I'm not mistaken, I mean, Taz is now involved with choking Cody out. And there's a big headline all the time concerning my timeline when it comes to reading the news. And it's just like, okay, so aside from all that, folks, man, I've watched some of WWE Raw and I Apparently, when I turn it on, bad shit happens or boring, boring, boring shit occurs. The not-so-boring shit that occurred happened to be when Jeff Hardy hit his head so bad on the steel steps that made you go, holy fuck, this dude's still alive? When Randy Orton started fucking around with his his gauge piercing, I was just like, Jesus Christ, Jeff Hardy... I don't know if he's got more brain, brawn than brains. He's a brave son of a bitch. But again, I'm getting going off tangent, off topic, going on tangent, and being off subject. Actually, not really. It's still in the same retrospect. It's still in the same realm, dude. As far as discussing subjects of pro wrestling, main roster blows ass. Worse than someone who just ate. A bean or like five bean burritos and had you know four cheesy bean and rice burritos. Well, you know what I'm saying is what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is when you start adapting the styles of main roster, you're killing the fucking fandom because NXT when it first started was a joke back in 2009. Let's just say it. It was a fucking joke because it was a reality show, literally with stupid obstacle courses. And then it was completely disheveled and was destroyed. Then it was up and running again. I mean, Paige, in the documentary that shows you like what she went through to go through NXT, and it wasn't 
wasn't terrible. It just it took a while for NXT to get actually legit actual legitimate names, have it revamped. Well, you know, guys like Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, you had the American Alphas. I mean, there were actual tag teams and action going on instead of just fucking blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get you. I'm going to beat your ass on Sunday. And it's so blase to sit there and watch week in, week out matches that are not really capturing audiences' attention. They're like, well, we have to give workers something. What really bothered me is that I've read across the board that some workers do not like improvising well. In retrospect, when you ask someone, what are you comfortable with, are you going to say, well, you're going to do this regardless? You're not going to keep talent if you do that shit, dude. Yes, I would love to see people take chances on promos and just be themselves in WWE. But, I mean, CM Punk is retired, right? And The Rock is doing movies, and Stone Cold is doing his own show. So who's left to tell like it is? A guy that retired after 30 years, The Undertaker? No. Some of the product's great, but when someone says that the Bailey Sasha story is one of the greatest stories ever, you know, going right now, dead man, come on. I I honestly feel like there's so many things that could be improved for NXT, but is it up to us? Because people always say, well, you just said if you were the booker, well, you're not. I'm like, again, even for people who aren't involved in shows right now in indie wrestling, are making the assumption that fans will just be like, oh, yes, we should agree with whatever you say. I used to be a worker, dude. I used to be a manager. I used to be a referee. Keyword used to be. I don't think that I know everything. I just observe what could be improved. And for those who think that Pat McAfee actually has promo skills, can you please explain why? I mean, he literally bashes everyone and anyone. He doesn't build anybody up. He just outright is the most annoying human being on the face of the planet. It's not even gimmicked. It's not even a fucking work. And if you say it is, his promo skills are so bad to the point where I seriously consider sending him a link to Monster Factory and being like, hey, do you have any clue how wrestling school works? Yeah. Do you know how the structure of a promo goes? Do you know what to use when going and doing promos? Part of it's just bad fucking timing. The pandemic caused a lot of the talent to be paranoid and really uh, really start to have anxiety about what their future is because they're athletes. I mean, they could easily, cause some of them could easily contract the virus. So you would think that they'd put forth their best effort, and they are putting forth their best effort in some instances. But when you have ratings that reach... 638,000 people because not a lot of people are in pro wrestling as they were in the years of 97 to about 2004. So seven years wrestling kind of had a great pick-me-up and then it evolved itself. It evolved itself in the sense that women actually started getting a fair shake when NXT arrived. Well, some women did, not a lot, but what needs to be improved 
give the fans something. Not just we're giving you a virtual world and now you can pick your own time slot to watch the show. That ain't the fucking issue, folks. The issue with NXT is that when they started adapting some of main roster's bad habits, which is talk, 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 do backstage interview, talk, talk, talk. I'm not so sure certain people in creative have much power over how the fans are going to still bitch and moan, dude. And dude I've been referring to is from Lewiston. Sorry. Charleston. Charleston, North Carolina. So you think the solution would be literally to book accordingly? No. I, I think the problem, part of the problem is when people as viewers are presented with a product that is literally the same shit that you saw four months ago, are you really going to tune in to watch it every single week? No. So, Well, you know, I just, for the life of me, I understand I'm not, you know, walking on eggshells because I'm going to say what's on my mind, and I'm not going to worry about hurting other people's feelings or losing friendships over it or actually acquaintances over this. When professional wrestlers say that the next level is NXT, that means a whole different thing to me now than it did back then. Getting to NXT is a big deal to everyone. It should be, if you get to the next level of wrestling, period, whether it's Impact, New Japan, NXT, and I say back then it was now, it's just like there's so, there's so many deeper meanings. So you made it to NXT? Wow. It's just, there's a lot of questions. Sorry, folks, for the long dramatic pause, but I said I'm not going to hurt, I'm not worried about hurting other people's feelings. I'm going to tell you straight up observations because if I say facts, then I'm only going to feel the pain of hearing. Someone tell me, no, it didn't say that. This is what happened. No, it didn't say that. This is what happened. Fuck's sakes. When I say that I observe and I base it off that and then I read a bunch of different sources and I base it off that as well, I mean what I mean and I stand by what I say. So the reason why there was such a long dramatic pause is because someone says you always complain and yet never do anything about it. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic, motherfucker. And two, trying to be more positive has not been easy. Considering what WWE is presenting us with, considering what AEW has given us, it depends on what type of fan you are. Do you like reincarnations of pro wrestling via AEW? Do you like 
the same old recycled shit, including, you know, adapting a roster that doesn't need to be, you know, adapting to what Maine does. I mean, it's practice. That's great. Practice makes perfect. But what fans see is, is that NXT is not reaching an audience because there's a lot of shit on people's minds right now. Pro wrestling is probably the last thing on their mind unless they got kids that love NXT. So there's just a shit ton of factors. And there's just like, I don't have the time to list each one out and say, this is the reason why they did this. This is this story here, and that, oh man, this story arc fit really well with what was being depicted by whatever fucking creative was trying to depict it as, and it's like, no, dude, I try to look at things from an objective point of view until shit pisses me off, and it pisses me off that NXT is not succeeding as it was back in 2013, 14, 15, 16, until it got to a certain point where Undisputed became the whole entire fucking show and still is. They still are. Bad thing that they're feuding with another group of guys? No. There's other members on the roster that have moved up and they're still getting the shafts. I don't understand Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, their tag team, their pairing, and I get what happened there with that booking. Let's see. Kevin Owens is another example of someone who got crapped all over. Bray Wyatt. They said, oh, we're doing a lot with Bray. We're doing some really good things and positive things with Bray Wyatt. So he's in the thick of things in the main event with Randy Orton. I guess that's the one exception to the rule, but he's got size. He's got personality. Yeah, I'm sure Will has personality, and I can vouch for that. Um, aside from Bray Wyatt, you look at um, Alexa Bliss and her career. She was at one point a Raw Women's Champion. Now she's playing lackey to Bray Wyatt. Interesting theory, you know. Interesting theories that come out. But reason why NXT is at six hundred thirty-eight thousand is because there are you got to factor in. Not just people not wanting to watch wrestling, but it's just what was I watching at Halloween Havoc? What was I watching at you know Takeover War Games last year compared to Halloween Havoc? They have a crowd in each one of those takeovers, except for Halloween Havoc. Crowds make the difference for NXT. Also, crowds make the difference for AEW. Both are taking precautions. It's just, I don't know what happened to the roster. Maybe some of them are taking a break. Some of them are just like, I'm really frustrated. I don't know, but it really bugs the everlasting shit out of me when people say, well, it's a lack of talent. Lack of talent. So you're calling Adam Cole. Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, and I'm not going to count Maxie, even though he did surprise me in the last match he had with Adam Cole. Um, I mean, these guys are all athletes, and they bust their ass. It's to have a problem with the way shit's being presented right now in NXT because it's not relatable. How can I and other fans relate 
if you're going to show shit that fans would not be interested in. That's ludicrous. You, you know, and I'm not saying that Hunter and them, whoever's helping run NXT is not doing their gig, you know, their job, but Lord, you're like, well, there's constant action out of the commercial break. I'm like, no, it's just constant confusion in some areas. And why all of a sudden people got like, I don't care about the Tony Storm incident, dude. Like, I honestly, I was glad to see that Tony Storm kept us on our toes and it was something different. What I'm referring to is is that <laughs> War Games has less of a build than it did last year. It was not a big a deal because... You know you're going to have a crowd every time with NXT. You know that somebody's eventually going to make Shane a tap. Yeah, I agree with what was just messaged me on Facebook. There needs to be a sense or consensus, if you will, about Keeping cruiserweight talent? No. There needs to be consensus on where to put those guys. Because you keep putting them matches in between and you have blonde parallel of uh, Renee Young come out and interview people at the end of matches and before and like, oh Lord, we're doing interviews in the backstage area. And I'm just sitting here like, we not learned anything from the fiasco that is main roster? I guess not. I mean, NXT is still a very good talent roster to watch, to pay attention to. Sometimes it's a drag through certain matches, especially the cruiserweights. They're not untalented guys, as you said, but it sure makes it seem that way if uh, you can utilize only a few talents and you can only keep certain stories with certain superstars because of COVID. All that good jazz. So, I know I've done long rants before. Um... Yeah, 36 minutes, but this is great. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar with my show, I haven't done it in quite a while, but I am going to give you the the low about what goes on next. So, following content contains explicit language that will be used by moi. Any further reproduction of the verbs that is produced in this show, and if your kid ends up in the principal's office or being sent home or wait, some of you work from home and actually teach from home as well. I cannot guarantee you that there, yeah, I cannot guarantee you that those children will not be not in trouble. Okay. Any likeness production or reproduction of this content and the verbiage used in this show, Off the Rails, is a protected podcast that was coined on March 7, 2016. 
Any further use or reproduction of this show will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, and $45 fine will be enforced. All right. Time to unhinge and unleash and go off the rails. on Twitter and Dominion today that there's a pair between Moxley and Omega and The Rock and Stone is rivalry big. I wonder if it's just as big or bigger. Each rivalry in pro wrestling has their own unique calling card to it. And even, you know, back in the day before Omega Moxley a lot of Attitude Era wrestling fans can tell you the names of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the names better known as, or the name better known as, The Rock. And to be honest with you, when the rivalry first began, when The Rock and Austin were just going at it like cats and dogs, like punching Judy, you know, it was organic. It was real. It was something nobody could ever fucking describe when the, the stunner in WrestleMania 19 from Stone Cold flopped all over like a fish out of water. Also, when The Rock basically decided to play guitar in Serenade, or Serenade Dallas, Texas. In front of Austin's home state, Texas, that's something you cannot duplicate. It is something you cannot repeat. And for someone to say or entertain the idea that Moxley and Omega was just like Stone, or just as big, or is it bigger than Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock's rivalry? Allow me to say, you know, is it bigger than Tyson and Holyfield this day, because I mean, the two did bite the deer out. You know, a bit like Gremlin, man. That rivalry, it's a thing rivalry, but that will always stand out to people because you see Evander Hall after that, maybe a few times on a few guest appearances here and there. But the was made. I don't think I understand. So like, is it the same? It really feels awesome. I mean, are you lost? Do you not comprehend why a lot of fans would get up in arms about that and probably message you and say, hey, watch before you speak? Because all I heard, all I saw was a lot of people commenting on status on Cult of Kayfabe and also Twitter. But it cannot be 
with this shit, yeah? The fandom of Stone Cold Fox rivalry was so big back in the Asbury days. You know why? Because guys didn't try to emulate Stone Cold. Now that's Stone Cold said so. Do you smell what the rock's cooking? There's just so much that went into this. I mean, there was foam finger fight. There was literally, literally fist fights in the fucking parking lot over the rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin's fucking rivalry. Which one's better? Which one's going to make me, you know, want to tune in to watch the pay-per-views that used to cost $50. I know most are going to say, well, Moxley and Omega was kind of inevitable. Kind of. It was inevitable. I think Omega could have done a lot better. But they just stated at the telling where the book tells we're going to book as best we can. And speaking as best we can, if you want to add a message, any questions, that's Russell underscore real. That's also underscore at BrianRose.com. Sorry, I'm going to go earlier. Also, if you want to contact us on Facebook, Russell Radio, or Facebook.com. Take a break for rant. For those of you who want to attend Moscow, you can do so starting up and filling on www.monsterfactory.com. Dot org. That's Monster Factory. Come true. School in Paulsboro, New Jersey. If they even get man. But it's a dude by the name of Danny K. Trainer, coach, great dude, awesome. You know. Danny brings, I mean, look, the guys that have graduated from Monster Factor include Matt Riddle, Seamus. These are guys that list the names, okay? There's a lot of people out through this riddle, but, I mean, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, just to name incredible names. Uh, question there, if you would, and what plan you would like to pick. There's sometimes where Danny sends emails about uh, discounts on price for tuition. So go ahead and check out monsterfactory.org, folks. Anyways, now that the advertisements are out of the way, I just want to point out, I've never done early shows, but this is really for me. But um, <laughs> I'm going to describe to you why I believe that Austin Rocks Austin Rock, man. Not just WrestleMania's headline, but you look at the rivalry in general. They didn't do every single one of their matches on Raw. They did maybe a few, but 
Things are so things are so jaded, man. Because like, you're seriously gonna sit there and say the words, "I wonder if the Omega Moxley rivalry was just as good or as better." A lot of us that grew up watching the Attitude Era in the middle school years of loving professional wrestling will sit there and tell you, "What the fuck, man?" I mean, I would much rather sit there and tell you there's a lot of rivalries in pro wrestling. You can't just cover one because if you cover one, you got to be fair to cover the other rivalries. What other rivalries in professional wrestling? Okay, how about Hogan Savage? Now, if that, depending on, like, is it a care if it's in the prime or they're in their prime, dude. I'm saying shout straight up like professional wrestling has built on great feud a backstory your character becomes and you can lose a lot of attention in a bad way A lot of things that I wish were not compare, you know, comparable to. Yeah, Moxley's in love uh, gimmick is love child. If called Eddie, who else? All rolled into one, and you get Moxley. Omega. I don't know if people look at him and think... I look at him and I think Diamond Dallas Page. Man could do any kind of cut or heat and I'd be completely okay with that. Why is there more roster stuff, you say? That was earlier in the show, man. I want to know exactly... I I want to know why so many people why just why they would compare one of the greatest rivalries in wrestling history to somebody says I wrestled from around the world here's my car come on I think like part of the problem is like you had six to ten million viewers. Average. And you're going to sit there and try and justify why Omega and Moxley are the greatest things in sliced bread? Like, fuck out of here with this shit. Let's be real. If you had a rivalry like the Chiefs, Raiders, or the Yankees, and pretty much, okay, the Boston Red Sox, and you say... Well, I think the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry is good, but this, you know, newfound rivalry between Dove uh, Dove Detergent and -and so-and-so's company not making sense. I'm just saying, the fan that compared his soul shots to people who could easily trounce him in... 
no, insane. You're looking at other teams who bunk with other teams because of stupid locker situations and whatnot. And yes, Omega and Moxley are extremely talented. I met both of them, actually. And I can tell you from experience, fans don't want that crusty, dusty, old sack of shit pillow. It's just... That's a metaphor, yeah. They don't want it. They'd much rather have something that looks decent. You know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin Rock rivalry. This is back before they, you know, did PEDs or anything. This is just what a little birdie said. You could load up, come back the next day. It's like a million bucks, right? Stone Cold came from different eras, almost slightly because Stone Cold wanted to uh, work on a few things, work on some new shows, and then call it a fucking day. And The Rock was doing, he was drifting towards Hollywood, so the rivalry kind of losing its luster just a little bit. The Rock seen it a rivalry. Um, I wouldn't call it a rivalry. I'd just call it influence has in the, in the world of wrestling. You can either be one of the boys booking your own fate, or you could be one of those that works your ass off and proves to the world and family that you can fucking hang. So, which. Which thing should I pay attention to more? The Gatorade? Or? Uh, I just said the Gatorade. That makes no fucking sense. Let me refer this. Don't call Steve Austin Rock. The names they know. People know. Random people who haven't watched wrestling or people who don't even. Say Kenny Omega's name unless across to interview a knows everything about New Japan and also her and the fact that it's really fucking not that difficult, folks. I mean Stone Cold Steve Austin, people know who that is. When you say names like Randy Orton, some people know from the modern wrestling gym, but Fans, if they don't know who you are, it's going to be really short and simple with all the other marks, man. I don't know. If I mean, there might be a, a few dudes here and there that look like Stone Cold, but nah. This comparison, this parallel between you Group, like, yeah, two groups of guys that are very, very talented and they own their shit and they know they own it. They know they're confident. I'm talking about The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kenny Omega and John Moxley, yeah, they know folks for you. They have to use bar and stuff that almost impales your fingers because Moxley only lives fucking once in this box so you run around like 40, 50 million times to get it fucking right. It doesn't if you 
put on a million matches if one of those matches entices the fans. Did we watch you? Point. So what I'm going to bring home is which rivalry is, you know, the apps draw. All because which they had to, they had to not try to get under some skin they had to make look legitimate Omega and Mock same shit it's just love Stone Cold to the Rock two decorated founding fathers of the Attitude Era and not just founding of era the Attitude Era Guys, that no matter what was two refuting fans were hooked, they did jump away from the two. Do now, now, I mean, Omega Moxley, is it going to be the same? Are they going to shut up? Are they going to be different? I like these two, but I don't ever think that a rivalry in pro wrestling is very similar to another rivalry unless. There's concrete evidence as to why the rivalry is the best fucking rivalry ever. And right now, looking at the tail of the tape, is it worth tuning in to Omega Moxley? What match really stood out to me um, happened on Dynamite. I believe there was like a bunch of mousetrap. One of McFoley's sick, twisted uh of hardcore toys. I mean, now I'm going to tune in because I think it's the women's match. I think it's five on two. Maybe there might be five on two. Who knows? But you know what? Back to the whole rivalry. Rivalry is always going to evolve. There's never going to be oh, well, this rivalry was the best, and you guys jump on board. I think that's what that fan was like. Maybe it is comparable. Maybe it was like you opened Pandora's box. Also gained a lot of attention. Fan positive, I could say, by saying the following. I wonder if Omega and Moxley is compared to Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rock. At one point, man, WWE was garnering about, on average, 6.8 million viewers to tune in to their shit, compared to speaking to million that are currently tuning into this product. Because at the time, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the anti-authority. The Rock, he kind of floated in between both authority and. Um, being, you know, at one point teamed with Stone Cold. Rivals do tend to make great tag partners because they know each other's move. But on the drop of a dime, you can see that there was going to be trail. You just didn't know fucking when. AEW's got the prize. They have all that that you need for a great rival. It's not I hate when people compare a good rivalry to a great rivalry. Good rivalry meaning it's got all the elements. It 
that you need. So these guys ask him to hate and Omega as far as the skill set goes and wrestling with man, this guy thinks he's better than me type shit. See it week in, week out on AEW that they're leading down separate paths and they're gunning for each other and they're going to beat the fuck out of each other. It's going to be great. With Stone Cold Steve Austin and Brock Man, did they actually do that to each other? I'm talking about these guys put their bodies to absolute torture. Yeah, Omega mostly have hardcore matches and they they almost inhale each other's fingers. I'm going to give so much shit. So many more memorable moments from one side of the tape. And I'm talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Particularly, some people were hardcore rock fans, and some people were straight up Stone Cold Steve Austin fans. And it was great because you had a division between fans. I don't know if it's the same between. Uh, I don't know if it's the same between Omega and Moxley, where there's a division where some people like, but. I don't know if there's any parallel because if you ask, like I said, if you do the simple interview on the street, like late night style, do you know who Kenny Omega is? Do you know who John Moxley is? And I'm talking about ask non-wrestling fans and show them pictures and ask them who they are. You go up to a non-wrestling fan on the street and ask who The Rock is or Stone Cold Steve Austin, I guarantee you about 48 to 50% would actually know who The Rock was because of his acting in Hollywood. Stone Cold Steve Austin may be a stretch, but when talking about non-wrestling fans, if you go up to a non-wrestling fan and ask people who are, that's the reason why I say this, folks. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock's rivalry is a great rivalry compared to a good rivalry. I'm not taking anything away from Omega and Moxley's skill or ability. It's about being, you know, having a face that people remember, having an impact that people remembered. So with 11 minutes left, what I'm going to say without trying not to talk in the same circle is some people believe that modern wrestling is the greatest thing in the whole wide world. I'm here to tell you any form of wrestling is great nowadays from what we're going through. But even without the fucking pandemic, Look at numbers. Look at sales. They're not identical. Any stretch of the imagination. Stone Cold Steve Austin, that name will never, ever be forgotten. Kenny Omega. It depends. Because some people believe he's one big spot monkey, this, that, the other, and he doesn't even get unless he's got a story that fits him. And he, so now we're all experts on what people are in arts. I didn't say they, you know, Omega and Moxley was a terrible rivalry. I'm telling you, as a longtime wrestling fan and as a former worker, that in order to make something work, in order to make something click, you have to put your best forward as workers and if 
in a rivalry that doesn't even compare. Dude, Stone Cold Steve Austin had rivalries on top of rivalries, and that just made him like an Old West character that just would walk into a saloon and say, guns are blazing, I'm going to shoot whichever fucker decides he wants to do with me, and I'll do anybody and everybody, anytime, anywhere. Yeah, that's the mentality of Moxley, but it's not the same. It's not the fucking same. Intense. The people were on their literally heard the glass shatter. That was fucking deal. Okay. So if you smell, if you heard the rock of doom, people just. They lit up like lights on a Christmas tree when they saw those two fight each other. Every living shit out of each other. And not to take any credit away from Moxley and Omega, but I've seen this shit. It's called ECW. Sandman RVD. You want to talk about rivalries in wrestling, that's going to take me a minute because I might talk the entire night. Okay? I don't want to do that to you all. Does that sound like I'm rambling in circles? No, I move forward. That's the first for me. Rivalries to be organic and just people together, like Jim Cornette said on Dark Side of the Ring, like a duet. You know, where people haven't really been in the studio with one another, they just they work together as some kind of chemistry, you know. You can't replicate what the Attitude Era did for certain fans. Some claim that it's the greatest era in professional wrestling, period, because you didn't know what the hell to expect. You just were on the edge of your seat, not guessing what the dirt sheets would say, although some people do still guess what the dirt sheets say, and they abide by it like it's you know, reading a Bible in, in Bible class. Pay attention to what you say. Be aware of what you say. I'm aware of what I say. I just, I, I don't have any uh, repercussion thought behind it or feeling of consequence because I don't care. I just, it's not just spouting off opinions and hearing myself to hear myself talk. This is just observing. Plain and simple. An observation is somebody, or it's defined as looking at things with an open mind. Actually, look at the word observation. Okay, observation definition. <sighs> the action or process of observing something or someone carefully in order to gain information. So I'm gaining information just by watching matches over the years, right? I felt emotion when The Rock, you know, would beat somebody. I felt emotion when Stone Cold Steve Austin would beat somebody. When Omega, I kind of agree with what somebody said on social media about him. He's just nothing but a spot monkey, and he only does great if you give him several spots to work with and if there's hardcore elements involved. So, Moxley... Bad respect to the dude. Like I said, if you package together 
the gimmicks of Eddie Guerrero, Brian Pillman, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, you get Moxley and a little tidbit of uh, Cactus Jack. Because this man does not feel pain. He enjoys it. It's kind of sick, but I mean, it's his gimmick. So, about five minutes left. If, if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Toodles, bitches. I got to get some rest because this new job's got me waking up early in the fucking morning. Alright. <laughs> Hit my music, monkeys, in the truck, please. Catch me next Wednesday because I will be doing limited shows here and there. Monday on occasion, maybe, and also mainly Wednesdays now. One day a week, folks. I'm going to do the best I can to gather up the best rants and raves, actual factual facts. Wow, that's long-winded. All right, toodles, bitches, for real. I got to go to bed. Have a good night, y'all. Love you. Thank you for listening to my craziness. Take it. Personality, the cultural personality.